Hey, 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 everybody. My name is Bobby Borg, and you're listening to the Jazz Spotlight with Jan Alanga. Episode 56. Happy Holidays. Welcome to the Jazz Spotlight, the podcast that gives you the insight and tools you need to be in the music industry today. Artists, authors, and top music industry experts give you actionable tips that will help you promote yourself the smart way. Here's your host, Jan Ilunga. everybody, what's up? Yanni Lunga here from the Jazz Spotlight Podcast. First of all, happy holidays. Thank you so much for being here with me today, despite being the holiday season. I really appreciate it. And I'm super, super, super excited about this episode. And I'm sure that if you're listening and you're a musician, you're simply gonna love it. And today we're gonna talk about music marketing for the DIY musician. And the cool thing about this topic is it's something that really applies to everyone. So no matter if you're about to graduate from music school, you're starting out, you've been in the music industry for five years, for 10 years, for 20 years, there's gonna be some great tips for each and every one of you. But before we dive into the content of the episode, I just want to take a moment to say, Thank you to you, my audience. It's been an amazing year for the podcast. This is the last episode of 2014. And if I look back, 55 episodes, 56 with this, and it's been an amazing journey. So many great guests, so much value, so many incredible tips for the listeners. So if you're new to the podcast, actually go to the iTunes page of the podcast, which is vjetspotlet.com slash show and hit the subscribe button of iTunes so you get every episode that has been published. You get it on your smartphone or your tablet. Not only the past episodes, but you're also going to get every new episode as soon as it's published. And guys, now the podcast is going to go on vacation for a few weeks and the next episode is going to be out on January 6th and you're gonna love it because there's gonna be another great guest and we're gonna talk about a topic that it's very critical for every musician but more about that after this episode. So as I said today's podcast is about another very important topic something that can really make or break your career music marketing. So we're gonna talk about music marketing for the do-it-yourself musician with one of the top music industry experts in the world. Bobby Borg is here on the podcast to tell us more about the world of music marketing for the do-it-yourself musician, share some great advice and talk about his latest book. And his latest book, Music Marketing for the DIY Musician, Creating and Executing a Plan of Attack on a Low Budget. Without further ado, here is Music Marketing for the do-it-yourself musician with Bobby Borg. Have fun. 
Hey everyone, I'm super excited about this last episode of the year and you know, there is no better way to end 2014 with a fantastic guest and I'm super pumped about having him here on the podcast and I'm sure you're gonna love this episode. I actually gonna tell you what, this is probably gonna be one of the best episodes ever because my guest today is one of the people that I really think everyone in the music industry should follow. My guest today where can I start to introduce him from? There is so much that he has accomplished in, in his career. He's a former major label independent and do-it-yourself recording and touring artist. He's a graduate from the Berkeley College of Music with a BA in professional music. He's an educator. And many of you probably know him as the author of the bestseller, The Musician's Handbook. And I'm super pumped to have him on the show it's with great pleasure and I welcome Bobby Borg. Hey, Bobby, how's it going? Hey, everybody. Thanks very, very much for having me on your show. And I'm excited to, to chat with you for this next half an hour. Man, it's great to have you here on the podcast. And I'm super pumped. And I know we have so much to talk about because we talk, we're going to talk about your latest book, Music Marketing for the Do-It-Yourself Musician, Creating and Executing a Plan of Attack on a Low Budget. And man, do you drop value bombs in that book? It's amazing. I actually got lucky that Bobby sent me a copy saying, man, I definitely want to be on the Jazz Spotlight. Make sure to take a look, look at my book so that we can talk about it and share all the value with your audience. So Bobby's here with us. But before we talk about your book, I gave a short intro about who you are and all the great things you have accomplished so far. But can you tell the listeners a couple of things more about yourself and Bobby Borg Consulting? Oh, sure. Well, I guess what keeps my day busy here in Los Angeles is I teach at UCLA, where I teach a number of classes. I teach music publishing, and I also teach DIY music marketing. And in that class, I have lots of great guests. A lot of people from the industry in Los Angeles are able to stop by the class and speak. Mm -hmm. So that's actually really great. I also teach at Musicians Institute in Hollywood, California, and of course, there's students from all over the world that come to the school. So it's 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 very very interesting to speak with uh, with students with lots of different needs from lots of different uh, part, parts of the world, and and uh, it's it's a whole lot of fun. Uh, I do a lot of writing for lots of different blogs, and um, currently working on another book as well called Business Basics for Musicians. Um, the complete guide from start to success, and that's going to be out on Hal Leonard Books in September of 2015. Um, besides that, I uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I exercise, <laughs> I work out, and also I like to continue to be a student myself. So I'm constantly taking classes at UCLA and and literally everything from project management to psychology to to even math, if you would believe it. <laughs> um, so it's uh, I think you know by the time you do all that kind of stuff, uh, it's time to go to sleep and and wake up and do it all again the next day. <laughs> Come on, man. You, you know, you laid it out like it's so, it's so easy, but you're doing so many great stuff. And, and many of you guys maybe also know Bobby as, as guest contributor for some of the music blogs I write as well for like Sonic Beats, the Deserve Musician Guide. And he writes great posts pretty much on a, on a weekly basis. You, you can find something great by Bobby Borg. But today we're going to talk about music marketing for the do-it-yourself musician and how you can put together a great marketing strategy 
by yourself. And the, the first question, Bobby, I want to ask you about this is many of the listeners that are listening to you and I are musicians and maybe are thinking about, you know, starting out if they are about to finish with their with the music education or they are thinking about taking their uh, marketing efforts to the next level. But what do you think are the first things musicians should think about when thinking about planning a marketing plan? Very great question. The first thing that somebody should think about when planning a marketing plan is precisely what it is that they want to do. I mean, in other words, mm-hmm. where it is that you want to go. What is your vision? So if we, if you're standing here right now, seven years from now, where is it that you want to go? If you can close your eyes and you can see that happening. When I was 12 years old, I actually looked out sort of into the future. And believe it or not, even at that young age, I was able to say, I would love to be... On the jazz spotlight. (laughs) (laughs) And look, here I am right now on the jazz spotlight. (laughs) Took me a little bit longer than seven years, but uh, here I am. Uh, (laughs) No, I I said, you know, I would like to be in seven years, I would like to be um, a a rock drummer playing in a band signed to Atlantic Records, playing Mm -hmm. in large um, uh, auditoriums, um, uh, you know, playing music that, uh, you know, relates to people's lives and, and makes them to feel as though they're in a celebration. And when they go home, they feel good about themselves and their life. You know, I, I mean, in other words, I was able to really kind of see myself at 12 years old traveling around the country, you know, in, in the next seven years from now. And, uh, and, and, you know, when you have a vision like that, then actually finding the directions to get there become far more simple. It's really difficult to to go anywhere if you don't know where it is you're going. So the first step is a vision. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Bobby. It's a. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean we can. We, I mean, of course, there's 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 many many more steps that per, that 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 come after that. Uh, but that's the first most essential one. It's it's a great answer. And and guys, if you've been with me before, maybe you remember from episode 35 where we talked about branding with Sofia Lovett. She also kind of talked about something similar. She talked about, okay, where do you see yourself if you are at a press conference in 10 years and they're going to ask you something? What is it that they're going to ask you? So it's, it's a bit similar to what Bobby said, but I couldn't agree more. First of all, you have to try to have some clear vision because once you know where you want to go to, Everything is going to come in easier. You're going to know when you are at a crossroad, you're going to know which way to go left or right in order to achieve, you know, what what is it that you want to achieve. And in your book, Bobby, you talk about so like you go about this more in depth. And one of the things you talk about, about kind of the the planning, the marketing strategy is the, the target audience and the importance of having a targeted audience. And it's something you really stress on, in the book. So do you want to tell the listeners a couple of things about, you know, why you should, you guys as musicians should think about a target audience? Absolutely. I think that's a great question. Um, talking about the target audience is very, very important. If you don't mind, I'd like to, to back up just oh, sure. one more step before that, that I think is very, very important that I want to make sure that your listeners also, also really kind of get. Um, and it goes back again, I'm sorry, to the vision. So 
once you look into the future and you kind of have a sense for where you want to be, of course, you don't know exactly where you're going to be, but you have to have some sort of idea. And believe it or not, there's a lot of people that can't do that. A lot of people are not exactly sure what they want, which mm-hmm. makes the process difficult. Nonetheless, once you're able to get a vision, now you have to do something else. You now have to look out into the world and pay attention and sort of see and investigate what's going on currently and where potentially things are going to go so that you can actually decide whether or not anyone really cares about your vision. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is that ultimately what you want to do is you want to find a need in the marketplace and you want to fill that need better than anyone else. In other words, what we're trying to do is we're trying to, 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 to encourage you to be unique and to be different than what is currently going on right now. In other words, there's no point in, 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 in being a copycat. There's no import. There's no point in doing what somebody is already doing simply because by the time you get there, it's already going to be five, six, seven, eight years old anyway. So you kind of have to look out there and ask yourself, what's going on right now in hip hop and, and what does it need and, and where can I take hip hop next or, or, or where is jazz happening right now? So for example, when you're uh, Pat Metheny, the excellent Pat Metheny, the guitar player, for example, mm-hmm. you know, he took traditional jazz and started to use synthesizers in jazz and, and brought jazz to this whole, whole different level. You know, recently he released a record and he used robotics yeah. and he had programmed instruments on stage. These are very innovative people and that's what keeps them working. That's what keeps them on top of their game. Now we get to the targeting your audience. Now that you have a vision, now that you have, um, uh, you know, you've looked out into the marketplace and you know you've got a, a unique, profitable need that you're filling and you're following a niche audience. Now, actually, describe that audience. You know, describe who your most likely fan is going to be. And the reason why you want to do that is because. You know, especially when you don't have lots of resources and time and money, you can't market to the world. So let's market to our most likely audience. Let's figure out everything about them, figuring out what pushes their button, what makes them tick, so that we can communicate with them in a more efficient, effective way. And that essentially is the meat and potatoes of why you want to market to a certain segment. And then as you start to get a little bit, you know, more popular and then you start to expand your segments a little bit and you start marketing to other groups as well. So this is a, this is important to kind of think about. It's a, it's a great tips that you gave out. And I really think that, you know, what you, what you said about the importance of, of kind of learning and doing research so to see what is out there, if if there is people that would be interested in, in what you want to do, to look for inspiration, but not be a copycat. So to see something that maybe you would like to do, but how you can make it in your own way, give your own voice. And it's something that relates to what we talked about in a way on episode 29 with Dave Kuzek, where we talked about uh, mu- how to do business in the music industry today. And it, he said that, as musicians today, you guys should think like entrepreneurs in a certain extent. And this is also something, Bobby, you talk about in music marketing for the do-it-yourself uh, do musician. Do you want to 
tell the listeners why. You know, some are maybe a bit skeptical. They're like, but look, I'm a musician. I'm not a businessman. So why should I think like an entrepreneur? What would you tell them? Well, I mean, listen, I understand because first and foremost, I am an artist and mm -hmm. I start to um, play drums uh, naturally from the heart, you know, without thinking about even what I was doing. You just <laughs> naturally start to, to tap rhythms on your car, on your desk, on your head, everywhere. <laughs> your rhythms, right? And um, then you, you fall in love with music and it becomes passionate. And then your life starts to become music. You, who you are is music. You know, your identity is music. And then all of a sudden someone tells you, now you have to start thinking about business, you know? So I, I understand how uh, musicians uh, feel uh, a little bit apprehensive about thinking of their music and their art as a business. And that's okay, maybe when you're younger and you don't have any worries and you don't have any bills and you don't have to worry about paying for uh, a mortgage or you don't have student loans and you don't have a wife and you don't have kids. <laughs> But you know, as you get older, it's, 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 it's irresponsible just to say, I'm going to just play whatever I want and if anyone loves it, I'm actually and – they, and then they'll buy it. Uh, <laughs> You have to think like an entrepreneur because it's too crowded out there today, especially in the marketplace where there's tools available for everybody. Anyone can be a rapper. Anyone can be, uh, uh, you know, put out a record. So now the internet is flooded with people that think they're going to be a rock star. And unfortunately, it makes it far difficult for everybody else to get noticed. So if you're not looking for opportunities, if you're not like, you know, looking for niche markets, if you're not looking to be different and to be unique and to deliver something in a way that no one's done before, and you just kind of haphazardly throw stuff out there, then it might be difficult. You are basically um, pursuing a career with hope mm -hmm. and hope is not a strategy. That's great. That's that's a great line. Hope is not a strategy. And I couldn't agree more. But you know, the good thing about being where you are today is like that there are resources available for you, some great resources, like, for example, Bobby's latest book, Music Marketing for the Do-It-Yourself Musician, that can really help you understand the business aspect of, of your career and the marketing aspect of your career in a way that it's it's very clear it really goes through you and you know it is this book has been written by a musician for musicians and people in the in the music industry so he re he really knows how to get the message to you and when we talk about the the marketing plan it's something that you know we we talk about often or at least we hear about often and when yet when this applies to music what do you think are the must have uh, features of a marketing plan. So when a musician is thinking about, you know, it's maybe scrapping with pen and paper or on Evernote, whatever, and they're thinking about how to market themselves and they're making a plan, what do you think are the must have? Well, the, uh, there's, there's many key ingredients, um, obviously, mm -hmm. to um, a marketing plan. I mean, I think one of the things that musicians, um, 
you know, do the least when putting together a marketing plan is what we've been talking about so far, research, you know. So I'm glad that we talked about that first because obviously we, we got that out of the way. You know, now pretty much uh, that you have a pretty clear idea where you're going, um, you should have um, shorter term goals. So you want to now um, focus on what you're going to accomplish within the next year. And those goals should be very specific and also what's called measurable Mm-hmm. That basically means that you have some sort of target to shoot for. So if I was going into the gym to exercise, I wouldn't just say, hey, I want to get in shape because that doesn't mean anything. We need to define what being in shape is like. And then we also need to say um, that you know I would like to gain five pounds of muscle or 10 pounds of muscle because now this gives us something to, to shoot for. That's yeah. measurable. And then, you know, and then you have to give it a time element. So you say, I would like to increase my overall muscle uh, size by 10 pounds and would like to do this within one year. That becomes a little bit more clear, measurable, and time-based. So um, what a lot of times musicians do is they just kind of just get themselves out there. You know, you have to Mm -hmm. have some sort of short-term goals too and, uh, and a plan for how you're going to achieve them. Strategies. Strategies. Awesome. I like it, the idea of thinking long term, but also to put a series of uh, short term strategies so that are measurable, that are, that are clear. I, I really like this. And is there another component that you think it's very, it's obviously there are, there are quite many, but is there another one that you think it's absolutely has to be in the, in the marketing plan? Uh, yes, yes, definitely. Uh, we should probably talk about, um, uh, for a second, we'll talk about strategies, but we'll also talk about measuring as well. Um, but first, before we do that, yes, you're absolutely right. You have to have a long-term vision, but then you have to break that up into more dissectable, smaller, digestible pieces. And the mm-hmm. reason why is because, uh, for example, if you wanted to be a medical doctor, You don't go from zero to being a medical doctor overnight. You have to go to high school. You have to go to college. You have to pass the test. Then you have to go to med school. Then you have to intern, et cetera, right? Mm -hmm. And you don't go from zero to being Dr. Dre either. (laughs) (laughs) You have to uh, start out maybe, uh, you know, producing maybe a few clients locally then you start to, to produce a couple more clients. Then maybe you, you start making records, you know. So in any case, uh, so yes, thank you for emphasizing that. That's very, very important. So now moving on, now that you have your goal, you need strategies to achieve those goals. And that would be having a very clear brand. Um, that would obviously being very smart about your products and, and, and whether or not you are um, – expanding your product line to increase your revenue. Mm -hmm. So in other words, you know, don't just think of a song as a song. Think of a song as a a number of different potential revenue earners. So for example, a song, if you take the lyrics off of it, now could be an instrumental that you could license in film or television. Or if you remix it, now it could be the EDM remix. Or if you have somebody to sing it in another language, now you could actually be the translation version. Or if you actually um, record it acoustically with acoustic instruments, now it could be the sort of unplugged version. You know, or if you released it with the recording stems, uh, now you're, the fans could remix it themselves and share it with, with each other. 
Or if you take the lyrics and you put it on a t-shirt, right? Now it could be some really cool uh, uh, merch item. So in other words, you know, from one song, you're creating maybe six or seven different revenue generating products. So this is very, very important to think of. Then, of course, you need a distribution strategy. Um, you need a pricing strategy. Are you going to be giving your music away for free? Or are you going to be selling it for a certain price to make a profit, etc.? Um, and then, of course, promotion. And one of the biggest mistakes people make about promotion is that they only use the Internet. And mm -hmm. the Internet is free and cheap. But what you want to do is you want to use a number of different other both offline and online strategies as well, kind of in working all together to achieve, uh, obviously, a common goal. And then, of course, there's measuring. And this would be uh, the, one of the final strategies. Do you want me to uh, talk a little bit about measuring? Yes, sure, Bobby, please. Okay, so what measuring is, is, is the process of actually investigating to see what is working about your marketing plan. In other words, um, what you want to do when you're writing your marketing plan is you want to kind of talk about or think about how you're going to measure how um, or whether or not your, 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 your plan is working. So for example, um, a student the other day here in Hollywood, California did a show and he was a little upset that, uh, not too many people showed up. So mm -hmm. I asked him, I said, well, do you know what you did wrong? And he goes, uh, I don't know. He goes, uh, I sent out like an email list of 500 and, and I go, well, how do you know whether or not that worked? And he said, what do you mean? <laughs> and I said, well, uh, let's go. He was using a service called MailChimp. Yeah. MailChimp. So I said, in the back of, of MailChimp, there's analytics. Open the analytics, and it will tell you how many people opened your email. Yeah, and the click-through even, how many exactly. people have clicked a link, if you have a link. Yeah. Exactly. So out of 500 people, do you know how many people opened this email? I would say maybe... Between seven and 12? Three people. Okay. <laughs> open his email. So what I said to him, I said, let's go ahead and reinvestigate. Like, maybe why? What's, let me see the email you sent. The email was horrible, you know? Uh, there was no, uh, no subject line. There was, uh, it was it rambled on too long, you know? So what we did is we spent time to write a better email, and then, then he sent it out again on his next gig, and now he had 98 people open it. Okay, so immediately you see the results. Yeah, so you see what I'm saying? I mean, if it wasn't for us looking and measuring what's working and what's not, he would have done the same things over and over again. And ladies and gentlemen, the definition of insanity is doing the same things over and over again and expecting different results. That's insane, of course. Right? <laughs> so we have, we have also a bit of philosophy here in the podcast. No, but you know, Bobby, you're saying so many great things. And I want to touch back first on, on the comment about kind of taking one, one item, for example, a song, and create different revenue streams from it. I think it's a great thing. And, you know, for some people, it might sound obvious, but it's, it's a very, very critical thing that many musicians don't actually think about. Like you said, they have a song, they just think about, okay, I have a song, I put it out there, I maybe sell it, and that's, and that's it. They don't think about alternative ways that they can use the song to promote themselves and to make 
more money. And also this latest point about the the measuring, the, the checking, the analytics about, for example, in this case, from the sending an email to the newsletter subscribers or even on social media if you're if you're planning to use i don't know facebook ads or even just the the market a social media marketing campaign you are using on places like twitter or if you have a youtube channel sure you get you you should get excited about creating the content for the campaign but it's also important to measure so to see what is actually working if you are achieving the goals you have set and some of the things we talked about earlier with Bobby, some uh, short-term goals also that helps you reach the long-term goals. It's really important to also spend time on the analytics, so kind of on the behind the scene aspect of, of a promotion and a marketing strategy. So Bobby, thank you so much for, for, telling, for telling us about that. And obviously you are right that the, some, many people make the mistake of relying only on the internet to promote themselves or maybe they just use one tool for example in in the case of the of the musician you mentioned maybe using only the email list or some other people maybe rely only on facebook and i want to ask you if you do you have a couple of of tips in terms of of social media promotion for the musicians what are a couple of tips you have and maybe some you know common mistakes you see that you they really make you scratch your head Okay, well, I think one of the most common mistakes that people make on social networks is they are not social. <laughs> yeah. And I'll explain what I mean. I mean, think about it. Everybody makes social networking such a mystery, but you know, networking has existed for for you know years and years and centuries and centuries. People getting together, people talking you know, with each other, um, people communicating with each other, people engaging with each other. And now we're just doing the same thing online, but there it's, it should not be different, you know? So for example, if I was at a party, I would not walk up to somebody with a bag over my head and say, hi, I'd like to be your friend. Right. <laughs> However, on online, on LinkedIn, for example, a lot of times I'll get friend requests and people don't have a profile picture. They just have that blank head. I mean, who wants to make friends with a blank head? You know what I mean? I mean, who is this person? Is this person for real? Is this fake? Is this some sort of scam? You know, I mean, so have a nice profile picture. When someone makes a friend request to you, a lot of people just hit accept. If I walked up to somebody in a, in a, in a, in a, in a bar or whatever and I said, you know, I said, hey, how are you doing? And they go, accept. I will be your friend. <laughs> and then they walk away. I mean, that, that, that's not what people do, right? So next time someone sends you a friend request, say, you know, hey, Bobby, you know, uh, that, thanks very much. It's great to be your friend on Facebook. I, I went to your website and I see that you play in bands and stuff. I go, I also play in bands too. Here's a link to my music. So how do you like LA? You know, and you start to, to get social. And, and when you kind of have this kind of engagement, you'll be surprised on how many more people um, start to, to hit on your posts and, and how many more friend requests you get and, and how you start to make more connections and how you maybe get more value out of the whole purpose of being on the social networks, you know? So just be more social on your social networks. As, as, as most basic as that sounds, I think that's one of the most important tips that, uh, that I can give. 
That's that's awesome. And actually, you know, I think that you're you're totally right when you say about the you know the importance of actually you know the the social aspect of of social media. So you know, communicating with people, show who you are, be you know, be spontaneous, be who you are, engage with others, but also don't be pushy because I think that sometimes that's also one of the mistakes musicians make on, for, for example, on platforms like like Twitter, when they maybe want to connect with you, but they just want to connect with you because they want to push their latest CD. So they just tell you, hey, Bobby, nice to connect with you. Here's my CD. Please listen to it or please buy it. So I think that like, I definitely agree with what Bobby, with what you said, but you guys also should think about, you know, in reverse. So if someone were to approach you, you wouldn't like, you know, to be sold something from someone you you haven't even said hello to and you don't know pretty much anything about or what would you what would you say bobby this is uh this is absolutely a, a brilliant point and and one that everybody should should definitely make sure to write down on a notepad if you're taking notes right now yes i receive these types of emails or or or, or posts on my social networks every day i don't even know who the person is and they send me a link <laughs> They don't even say my name. They say, yo, check it out (laughs) with a link to their music. I mean, would I walk up to somebody in a club and say, yo, check out my song (laughs) and then walk away? Uh, It's ridiculous and it gets no attention whatsoever. I mean, it's it's very rare that someone is just going to click. I mean, so, yeah, say something. Say, you know, hey, you know, introduce yourself. I mean talk a little bit, engage people a little bit. The reason why people don't want to do that is because it takes time, you know. And uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, everybody's in such a a rush these days, you know, um, that they don't take the time to do things correctly. So, uh, you know, an an hour planned on social networks is better than basically holding your, 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 your computer in your hand all day long. Even when you walk across the street, people are holding their computers. Um, and doing this kind of, I call it spastic <laughs> kind of network, you know, you should schedule a time, an hour a day where you sit down and you do some very quality social networking, you know, I literally have students in my class, they're on Facebook. And then I ask them a question, I say, and they had no idea what I'm talking about because uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're on Facebook. It, it, it's it's much more quality if you spend the time, organize the time in your life where you sit down and you actually do all your social networking. You know, you spend a half an hour on Facebook, a half an hour here, and then you go do other stuff. You know, um, unless you're in real estate and you're selling houses, do you really need to see what's happening on your newsfeed 24-7, you know? Uh, so in any case... Yeah, no, but that's, I think it's a very good point, Bobby, that, that you rose. I think it's, it's actually something you, those of you who are listening to us and are, are thinking about, well, I'm really busy. This could be a, a good strategy. What Bobby said, try to plan to carve out, for example, even if it's just an hour a week, if that's what you can, you can, you know, devote to social media, it's better a good hour than just trying with these spamming strategies. And for me, what is paradoxical about this is that those strategies don't work anyways. Even if you send out a, a thousand tweets, yo, check my music out, no one is going to buy your music out. Okay, Bobby, let's let's move on from, from these spammers <laughs> and let's talk about 
about fan base for a moment. That's another critical component of the career of a, of a musician. And it's something you really talk about in the book. And if someone is starting out, do you have a couple of tips on on where to start from to, to build a fan base? Obviously, certain things relate to what we talked about before, about having a vision, kind of know where you want to fit in, know you, you know your your target audience, the demographics. But do you have a couple of maybe more practical tips in terms of ways, maybe ways to be an uh, to build an audience? Well, uh, well, first of all, I mean, sure. I mean, the the way you or the way you build an audience first is is having, um, of course, as you just pointed out, having a product um, that people are interested in, obviously, right? Because if no one's mm-hmm. interested in what you're doing, it's hard to build, obviously, a fan base. So. So first and foremost, I mean, you have to create something that is extremely exciting, extremely unique, extremely different. So I mean, you know, but with but relatively uh, uh, different. So in other words, you don't want to be different for the sake of being different. You want to be relevant, something still people can relate to, of course, right? Yeah. But I mean, f- I, I, let's just do this by example because I think it would be easier. If I was in a band just starting out in Los Angeles and I was trying to build a fan base, what do I do to build a fan base? Well, first, I have to let people know, obviously, that I exist, and I have to let them know a little bit about why they should care about us, right? So Mm -hmm. how would I do that? So first of all, I would, um, as I'm rehearsing with my group and getting it together, um, maybe to go play a couple performances live, I would start to go out to see other bands play, all right? Mm-hmm. Because other bands are already working and they already have their audience. I would start to to socialize with the bands that maybe were closest to our genre. I would start to become friends with them. I would start to maybe mingle a little bit with their fans and start to tell their fans about how... They can come to our rehearsals or they can come to our parties or they could come to our gig that we're going to do two or three months away from now. In other words, mm-hmm. I would start to – the concept here is, is you're, you're going where the people are already going, you know, checking out the scene. Then I would start to investigate um, – you know, some of the promoters and things like that that are in the area and obviously try to get some things booked and some things scheduled. Try to get people excited by uh, about your product by, by getting them to talk about it a little bit. Maybe I would even have um, some stickers and some some patches maybe that I would start handing out. I would start talking to people about how this is going to be a really, really cool show that we're doing and just kind of get try to get people talking about this, you know. Um, uh, invite people, as I pointed out, to your rehearsal sessions. Um, you know, maybe you might have a couple, uh, you know, parties where you run the set at your rehearsal room and people have a chance to come talk. So this way you're trying to create a buzz and you're trying to get people to talk about you a little bit. Awesome. You know, of course, and, and then, you know, if, if possible, collect their email addresses um, you know, start to engage with them on social media stuff just by spreading the word of mouth and really kind of building your brand and build excitement by having pictures, maybe cool pictures of you guys rehearsing or cool pictures about you in the studio, or maybe you've you've associated yourself with a professional pr- pr- producer that's very popular. 
Maybe you have a couple guest musicians that are going to be on your record that are very, very popular, or you have maybe an artist that's very, very cool, do the artwork for maybe um, your merchandising and that type of thing, and then talk about it and get other people to talk about it, and then start getting the cool kids in your town that always know where all the, the happening events are, get them to talk about it, you know, get people to start wearing maybe your merch, maybe you'll do some teaser advertising a little bit, you know, um, and, uh, and essentially you just keep on building it from there and there and there and really engage and really get to know your fans and start to create a street team. So now you have your fans working for you and, and so on and so forth. I mean, you know, it, it's really not um, it's really not that difficult to build a fan base as long as you're willing to roll up your sleeves and work, and as long as you're willing to to be in there for the long term, because this isn't something that just happens overnight. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, ultimately, some of the some of the most basic things sometimes are the things that people forget to do. Um, so, so again, just. Uh, just get out there, check out other bands, become friends with other musicians, start to network with their network and, uh, and, 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 and hang out at all the happening events. If you want to be news on your scene, you have to be part of your scene. You know, it's a great quote. And I think that, you know, if you want to be news on the scene, you have to be part of the scene. It's, it's a great tip. And, you know, to start networking and, and go where people already are, you know, it's like if you, if you were to, to talk with someone, would you, would you go where people in, if you, if you were in front of two doors and in one you hear people, people talking and in the other one, everything is quiet. Would you go where people are talking? So were they already active and you are likely to, you know, engage with them? Or would you go where people are maybe quiet because they're ignoring you? Obviously, you would go for for the first door where people are active. So, Bobby, I want to thank you again for, you know, providing us with so much value for, with this great tip. And the kind of last question I have for, for our, our interview is about outsourcing, because obviously, you know, we, we have given some tips. You have provided so much, much value for the listeners. You've told us some, some, some of the most important steps of of you know planning and executing a marketing plan obviously you talk about that in depth in music marketing for the diy musician and by the way guys this is something since we're it's almost christmas you know if you want to make a nice christmas gift for yourself or if you know someone in the music industry music marketing for the diy musician by bobby borg it's something that you should definitely buy so i was saying some people are maybe thinking that they prefer to hire someone to do the marketing for them. So if someone is actually listening to us and is about to undergo this process of hiring someone for, to do the marketing for them, what do you think are the things as musicians they should keep in mind when looking for freelancers or, or you know, marketing pros? Uh, very, very good question. And um, I think... Uh, I think the danger of a young artist actually wanting to hire someone to do um, their marketing for them really comes from the fact that they feel that um, they need to get to that next level, sort of. So they think that they're going to hire someone and magically that person is going to whisk them up from garage to superstardom overnight, <laughs> right? Um, mm-hmm. Well, the danger of that is um, is that – it costs a lot of money to hire somebody to do your marketing if they're going to do it right. 
Um, publicists can cost a lot of money. And if you expect a publicist to, to make you a star in a month, it's not going to happen. Two months, it's not going to happen. Three months, it's not going to happen. Six months, it's not going to happen. In other words, they'll start to get little blog interviews for you here and there. But, you know, what then? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, are you going to keep on paying the publicist every month thousands of dollars for years? I mean, in other words, um, there's a lot of stuff that you really could do on your own first. And if things aren't working, maybe it's because you're not doing the right things, right? So this goes back to measuring your marketing. So, but to answer your question more directly, I mean, ultimately, when you're trying to hire somebody, um, what you want to do is you want to first, number one, don't buy the hype. Just see what they're actually doing. What have been the results that they've gotten in the marketplace? So in other words, speak with maybe one of their clients and ask that client, listen, what was the experience like? You know, did you enjoy it? Did you feel like you got your money's worth? You know, mm-hmm. so definitely seek out the references um, to see whether or not this person is uh, is going to work out for you, you know, and so that you can get a better idea about what you can expect from from the relationship, you know, and then then really kind of look at your budget and ask yourself, you know, is this the best use of our money? So, for example, um, hiring a, a publicist to work with you for four or five months. I mean, would it be better to take that money and have an open bar for one night, <laughs> <laughs> for example? <laughs> At a club. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what, you know, uh, you tell your fans, hey, open bar um, at our show tonight from eight o'clock until 11, you know, where people can come in and drink and it's going to be for free. You'll probably make more fans and get more exposure that way than you would with the publicist <laughs> sending out your, uh, your, your, your press kit for two months to, uh, to try to get you a couple blog interviews. I mean, so, I mean, seriously, I mean, and look, I mean, did I have a publicist contact you to set up this interview? Yeah, exactly. Not at all. You're, you're, you're so right, Bobby. You know, I mean, listen, and I'm a guy that's maybe even twice uh, as, as old as many of your audience. Uh, you know, I've been in the business for 25 or 30 years. And, and look, I, I, you know, we were the ones that contacted each other, right, to, to set up this interview. I had no, no expensive person working for me to do it. So, I mean, it's like, you know, you have to enjoy the, in working. You have to enjoy the process. You have to enjoy getting in touch with people and reaching out. It, it's to, you guys can do it. You, I know you guys can do it. <laughs> you know, um, it's, you know, you, uh, being a musician is being a musician. You got to be cool. You got to enjoy it. But, but the business is easy. It really is. Once you figure it out, you know, there's a lot of stuff in the book, music marketing for the DIY musician that will help you. Um, uh, don't be scared of it. Just get it done and realize your dreams, man, because life is short and you can't sit around waiting for everybody to come save you. Roll up your sleeves and DIY or die. (laughs) (laughs) Man, you're you're an inspiration. I couldn't agree more. And guys, my advice to you is to go to bobbyborg.com. Like always, you find the links to all the things Bobby and I have talked about in the show notes. But in particular, go to bobbyborg.com. First thing, subscribe to his newsletter so that you get more great tips in your inbox. Second things, connect with Bobby 
everywhere he is, especially on Twitter, but also he's also on Facebook, on YouTube, Instagram is really active. And whether you're starting out, you have been in business for 10 years, for 20 years, for 30 years, or you're even thinking about whether you should hire a, a marketing pro or not, check out Music Marketing for the DIY Musician. Bobby Borg, I want to thank you so much for being here on the podcast and telling us more about the great things you do and your latest book, which is unbelievable. Hey, thanks very much. It's been, um, it's definitely been a pleasure um, uh, having you guys here and, uh, and, to, and uh, to, to speaking with you guys and being a part of your show rather. And uh, to kind of end with, uh, uh, you know, a little, little, little quote, um, if if your audience remembers the movie Forrest Gump, um, <laughs> he actually at the end of the movie says, you know, life is like a box full of chocolates because you never know what you're going to get. And mm. I like to change that quote to to life is like a jar full of jalapenos. <laughs> <laughs> what you do today can burn your ass tomorrow. <laughs> so make sure to always think twice about what you're doing with your music career and your business and, uh, and, uh, and always be sharp and, and alert of what every move that you make. So thanks very much, you guys. I appreciate it. All right, everybody, we are back. Hey, Bobby, what can I say? Thank you so very much for being here on the podcast. I had a lot of fun and thank you for the great tips you shared for all of us. I'm sure many listeners are going to benefit from those. And of course, Bobby, happy holidays. Guys, you have listened to this episode and we've talked about Bobby's book, which actually I think it's a great Christmas idea. If you're looking for a, an amazing last minute Christmas gift, you're running, looking from store to store, you're, you're a musician or you, you're planning to buy a gift for a musician, be it your wife or husband, son, daughter, friend, whoever, Bobby's book is actually a great idea. So you can find the link in the show notes and why not? You can order that from Amazon as either as a physical copy or an ebook, the electronic form. And I'm sure who, whoever gets that book is going to thank you over and over and over again. Okay, guys, to wrap up the 2014 and this episode of the podcast, I want to tell you a little bit more about the next episode. As I said, next episode is going to be out on January 6th with an amazing guest. And we're going to talk about another very fundamental topic of the career of a musician and actually more in general of, of people who are trying to promote themselves and market themselves because we're going to talk about email marketing and email list. So we're going to really go into the specifics of why you need an email list. We're going to talk about stats in terms of how many people open email lists, what is considered a good open rate percentage, which are the best days to send an email list how to create your email list, what to offer to your audience, and much, much more again on January 6th. I'm Yanni Lunga from thejazzpotlet.com. You've listened to the Jazz Potlet podcast, the last episode of 2014. So I want to wish you happy holidays, have a Merry Christmas, a fun New Year's Eve, and make 2015 the best year of your life. Thanks again for being with me. Have a great holiday season. Take care.